This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, the trial of Jerry Hutch, the monk, as he's known in popular culture, for the murder of David Byrne in the Regency Hotel is taking place at the Special Criminal Court and has been taking place for some weeks now. I also accused are Paul Murphy and Jason Bonney there, accused of contributing or participating in David Byrne's murder. Byrne was an associate of Daniel Kinahan, a close associate, and he was the only person killed, murdered, on the day of the Regency attack at a boxing weigh-in. This is a story that's now well in the folklore of Irish criminality, and uh, this case is being heard by the Special Criminal Court, and uh, we're joined now by Sean Murray from the Irish Examiner, who's covering the case for his newspaper and for us, and we're very grateful to him. Uh, Sean, this case has really been hotting up this week in a big way and, and in a very curious way. Before we get to the business of the tracking device that was put on Jonathan Dowdle's car. Jonathan Dowdle, I should explain to our listeners, was a former Sinn Féin councillor, and he is going into the witness protection program. He and his father, Patrick Dowdle, have pleaded guilty to a, a minor, a relatively minor crime, but evidence that he is, has supplied will be useful, of course, to the prosecution. Shot. Before we get to uh, Dowdle, the... Guards put a tracking device on a car in which it's alleged that Jerry Hutch and Dowdle travelled to the north to meet people from the provisional movement, as I understand it. Can you tell us where we are in the trial now and the relevance of this tracking device? And it really has had a serious impact on the case this week. Yeah, like, uh, like, for, first of all, I would say that recent days has seen some really extraordinary evidence, which on the face of it really doesn't look good for the prosecution in the slightest, really, in, in their case against Jerry Hutch. But as he said, yeah, just to bring it back, in, in the first few weeks of the trial, apart from the odd, maybe explosive moments, such as when we seen uh, CCTV of the murder itself, the prosecution's case was very procedural. 
They were kind of um, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, um, showing us CCTV of various vehicles and their movements on particular days. But it's really begun to ramp up since we started to hear from members of the kind of covert Garda National Surveillance Unit, since those guys began to give evidence. Right. They're called the NSU. And it was them that put the tracking device on Dowdle's car, correct? Yeah, so, so like such is the nature of how these guys do their jobs is that in court, the court has to be cleared. We can't report on their names or physical descriptions of them. But we've heard from two dozen of them so far about the kind of extensive um, surveillance they were doing on, on Jerry Hutch, on Jonathan Dowdle, and a man named Shane Rowan, who we might come to later in yes. the aftermath of the Regency shooting. So... They've been kind of loath, I would say, to give away their their methods or their tricks of the trade, as it were, because I think the the claim is if it was reported on exactly how they did their surveillance of of potential suspects, it will put them at a disadvantage. But what the defense has been driving at the entire time that these guys have been given evidence is whether or not a tracking device was put on Jonathan Dowdle's car when he drove the monk. Um, on their on their travels northwards to Donegal and to parts of Northern Ireland in his Toyota Land Cruiser. So th- the reason why this is such a crucial point for the defence is that if that tracker was used to detect where Dowdle and Hutch were at various points in Northern Ireland, it's their claim that that would be illegal. That would be illegal for the Gardaí to track people's movements in Northern Ireland. Yes. Uh, and the kind of cat was let out of the bag to a certain extent, I would say, this week. When we heard from a retired Garda, now he was uh, a special detective unit inspector named William Hanrahan, he said that he was aware of a tracking device on Dowdle's car. And that's when things really began to get a bit extraordinary. Yes, and what appears to have happened is also that there, there notes were made, records that were made of what was picked up by the bug in the car or the tracker device. And... Brendan Graham, who's defending Cherry Hutch, said he found the story being put to the court by the people from the NSU to be disturbing. And he did also say that he didn't believe, because it turns out that these notes were destroyed. And he put it to a witness that they couldn't have been destroyed in good faith, I'm quoting him in good faith. And that's a very serious matter, isn't it? Because if you're going to submit evidence, but you can't see the evidence, where are we? Like this, 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 is, this is the crux of it. And I know a lot of people might have been reading headlines saying that Garda destroyed records of tracking device that was used on, on, on Dowdle's Land Cruiser. And, that, and that's absolutely the case. We heard from the former head of this covert unit, National Surveillance Unit, Detective Inspector Kieran Hoey, this week. And it's crucial for a few reasons. So first of all, these records of this tracking device, they were destroyed earlier this year. So we're talking about at a time when the monk had already been charged, when Jonathan Dowdle had already been charged. They, they were essentially in the dock already waiting for this trial to get underway when these records were, were destroyed. Um, and secondly, um, Detective Inspector Howie told the court that he didn't actually consult with the senior investigating officer on the Regency murder investigation or the director of public prosecutions when he destroyed those records. Now, 
I think it's your opinion. If this was a jury trial, this is the thing about the Special Criminal Court. There are three judges uh, sitting. There is no jury. And I think you you wrote in the reporting in the examiner, which is really good. I mean, your your stuff is very, very good. That in your view, if evidence of this nature was destroyed, it could well collapse a jury trial. I, I, I think we're, we're, we're skirting close to kind of dangerous territory in terms of where the trial is at, at, at present, um, in terms of the, the kind of prosecution's case, because the defense is going to be putting forward a very strong, strong case for why this, um, all of this evidence shouldn't be admitted. And that would put the prosecution in a very precarious place. Obviously, it's, it's still an ongoing trial. We should be careful <laughs> around our analysis. Yes. But I think, I think it, because it's special criminal court that off- operates very differently to a jury court, I, I, I wonder if there might be a different path that, that the, the trial would take at this stage. Yeah, I mean, Miss Justice Tara Burns is sitting with uh, two other judges, uh, Judge Sarah Barkley and Judge Gornia Malone. They are going to decide, and Miss Justice Tara Burns appears to be uh, leading the judges and I want to ask you if she has yet made a ruling about this matter of the destruction. Uh, I'm not wrong in saying it's evidence, am I? They are they, the the prosecution have destroyed evidence, and I, Mr. Howey had a fairly rough time in the witness box, didn't he? Uh, he he was he was in the witness box for quite a long time. I, 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 the characterization of it as evidence is something that I think that that will be subject to kind of debate. So when, when he was asked why he destroyed these records, he said that he didn't believe that the records would be used in the prosecution's case when he ordered that they be destroyed. He said that the tracker evidence such as this has never been used previously in the history of the Surveillance Act and that he'd done so in good faith. So his, his, his contention was that he was aware that members of this covert unit would be given evidence. And obviously, we've heard at length from them about where and when they saw Jerry Hutch, where and when they saw Jonathan Dowdle. And he was also aware that there was extensive CCTV footage of their movements at the time. So that was a, a, an element of why he said he destroyed it. Um, the other thing that's interesting, Sean, about this evidence from Mr. Hoy is that he didn't refer up the line. He, he appears to have made the decision himself. Yes, and, 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 and he referenced um, the Criminal Justice Surveillance Act of 2009 in doing so. And without getting into the weeds too much on, on the intricacies of legislation, that kind of specifies that you can't just keep um, records that you made from a tracking device on someone indefinitely, yes. especially if it's not a case before the courts that has to be got rid of within a certain time frame of, of three years. And so he said he was he was doing uh, what he felt was a, co- a correct thing to do. But then, but, but this uh, is this was a case, a very serious case, about to come before the courts. Absolutely, and I think that's why the defense is is having a field day with this because they're obviously going to kind of uh, repeat these points ad nauseum over, over the next little while, and it's it, it's kind of emboldened their case as it were this week. I would say. Yeah, now, Jonathan Dowdle is a fascinating character. He and his father, Patrick, uh, had bu- booked a room in the Regency Hotel 
the night before the boxing weigh-in when this murder of David Byrne took place. I think his father, Patrick, stayed in the room during the night. Dowdle was a Sinn Féin councillor, and he has now done a deal with the prosecution, it seems. Well, he has. He and his father have got a sentence of four and a half years, is it, for the uh, lesser offence of getting a a room and therefore uh, facilitating a crime. But now Jonathan Dowdle is going into, or is in, in fact, is he, the Witness Protection Programme? So, so he's currently um, being held in jail, and uh, my understanding is once, once, once he serves his sentence, then he will be entering the Witness Protection Programme. I think there's a few things to say on this point. I, I would yeah. say, firstly, that he actually wasn't a Sinn Féin councillor at the time of the Regency shooting. He, right. had, he had left the party a number of years before, but obviously had, had been elected um, as a Sinn Féin councillor prior to that. They also booked a room, and that's not in any kind of doubt. Uh, that's um, part of the evidence. They've pleaded guilty to their role in, in, in booking the hotel um, to facil- help facilitate the murder of, of David Bourne. But I mean, like, it, it, it's hard to know where to begin. Like, especially this week, we've well, heard maybe, so Maybe um, <laughs> if I can ask you, uh, Sean, about what Dowdle is going to, or if, if, if is it known? what Dowdle is going to tell us that will help the prosecution of Jerry Hutch for murder? Well, uh, like, it, it's very clear that the, the prosecution's case will hinge heavily on, on what Jonathan Dowdle will say. He's obviously torn state's witness. He is. For, we only know very small amounts for, of what he is going to say, and this is based on the opening statements that was given by prosecuting counsel Sean Gillan um, several weeks ago now on the first day of the trial. So it's his assertion that he met with Jerry Hutch in the aftermath of the shooting and that Mr. Hutch told him that he was part of the team that had carried out David Bourne's murder. So that's right. obviously a crucial part. But I think, I think it's, it's, it's really important to note that immediately after the events at the Regency Hotel, extensive surveillance was put in place against Mr. Dowdle and against Mr. Hutch almost immediately. And that yes. may be linked to the, obviously that his father stayed in the hotel the night before, but also intelligence that Gardy had on his meetings with members of the, the real IRA allegedly, and also members of the continuity IRA allegedly in and around the time of the shooting. Now the case was coming to court and clearly I think one of the points that Brandon Graham who is acting for Jerry Hutch has made is that, and you've just confirmed to us that evidence was destroyed by the, the guards when it was known that this case was going to come to court. It's, it, and you can is see it as why simple it, as that? You can see why it looks very bad. Um, you can see why people read headlines and, and make kind of judgments immediately. If we're going to, uh, at any slight caveats to that, we could say that as, as how he gave evidence, he said he did it in good faith and that there was other evidence that was going to be within the book of evidence that he felt would be used in the case. He didn't feel like these records were relevant to the prosecution. Um, and also, we, we was, it his, was it his decision, I wonder, to make that? Was, was he the person who had to make that, ju- who was entitled to make that judgment? Well, Brendan Graham asked him specifically whose responsibility it was for these records, um, that these records were destroyed, and he says it, it was his. 
We're also going to hear from his superior, the Assistant Commissioner for Crime and Security. Her name is Orla McPartland. We're going to hear from her in the trial on this on Monday. So I, I'm sure Mr. Gretton will be putting questions to her also about the decision making and about how these kind of decisions are made. Because I think it, it's important to say as well that it's not very often that the Irish public gets to hear about the actions of this kind of covert unit, about yes. how they go about their business. This is it, it's quite a rare kind of look under the hood, as, as yes. it were, in, in terms of how they do business. So there's a lot more to hear. There's a lot more that the, that the prosecution will, will try to tell us. And that could that could maybe improve the the outlook on this, or it, it, it could not improve it. So we, it's one of those things that will, will be played out over the next few weeks. Now the PSNI also had a role in in this. I believe it was a, it looks like it was a surveillance role. They also had the CCTV footage. But there is a question of the legality of that tracker device outside of this state, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. So I, I, I think for a long time, the defense has been kind of driving at, okay, so we've seen CCTV of Jerry Hutch and Jonathan Dowdle at a garage in Northern Ireland, just outside Armagh. Their contention is how on earth would the guards have known to ask for CCTV of that specific location at that specific time if they weren't using a tracker, yes. which, it, which is a, a fair contention. But the prosecution, um, we've heard this week, for making the case that actually once Hutch and Dowdle crossed into Northern Ireland, they were actually subject to surveillance from the PSNI also, which would explain how how their movements were known to a certain degree once they crossed into the north. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, the, the key to much of the case will be, as you said, uh, Sean, it will be Jonathan Dowdle's evidence. 
what do we think he's going to tell the court uh, on the basis of conversations and his acquaintance with uh, Jerry Hutch? Well, the, the prosecution's case is clear that Jonathan Dowdle was, was in regular contact with Jerry Hutch around this time, that they travelled up north together to meet Republicans. So I'd say we're going to hear at great length about how Mr. Dowdle was known to Mr. Hutch, what kind of relationship did they have, to what extent maybe Dowdle was aware of what events would transpire at the Regency Hotel when his father made a booking to stay yes. in the hotel the night before. There's going to be extensive um, prosecution um, questions, but also, as you can imagine, I imagine there will be so much cross-examination of Dowdle's account. As we know, they went to meet Republicans in Donegal just a few weeks after the shooting, and one right. of these Republicans was later found with the guns used in the Regency. So there's a lot of evidence that Dowd will have to give, and that will have to be teased out. And I imagine it could be it could be a long time that we're hearing from Dowdle in the witness box. Yeah, and it, it's uh, fair to say, Sean, about the Special Criminal Court that there are are obvious reasons why in many cases it would be required, uh, where, especially where a jury member could be compromised or afraid. And there is a case to be made for the Special Criminal Court. But there have always been concerns that really, and this seems to be at the heart of Mr. Graham's questioning, that we have to be clear here, we can't have any shortcuts. It, it, there is always a question when you don't have a jury and when you have the state basically accepting one arm of the state, i.e. the Special Criminal Court, accepting the word of another arm of the state, that is, Ungarda uh, Siakana. And then you get a problem like this where evidence is destroyed. Absolutely. I, I think I think there might not be too much commentary uh, about this specific uh, aspect while the case is still ongoing. But I feel like no matter the outcome of this case, I feel like there will be a lot of discourse and there will be a lot of pressure on government to, to talk about the Special Criminal Court in the aftermath of this case. Like as we as we said here, that the obviously the headlines don't look good. The the kind of um, appearance of it doesn't look good in terms of destroying the records of that tracker. It feels like we're getting to see things that we might not usually see in these kind of cases. Yes, and I think that's only going to ramp up questions about, about the role of the special criminal court and about its function. I think going forward. Yeah, and just um, finally, Sean. I mean, Brendan Gran is a very respected. Senior counsel, if he says that he can't understand why, quote, in good faith, this evidence was destroyed, if he says also that he was, quote, disturbed, we, we need to take notice of that, don't we? I mean, uh, in a way we do, but also it, it, he's defense counsel for, for Jerry Hutch and his, his yes. sole role is to, is to ensure that there's not a conviction against yes. his client. So I think... What, 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 what's clearly happening here is that the, the defense is, is looking at a particular aspect that's obviously of favor to them. It's something that they feel they could make a strong claim against. And I feel like it's something that the, now that they're picking, picking at it, they will continue to do so in the coming weeks. But we also have like some, as well as Dowdle's evidence, we have some crucial bits coming up that they will also try to fight the prosecution on and right. name, namely the recordings um, made with the bug. 
um, that was attached to Dowdle's vehicle that recorded their conversations uh, as they travelled up north. So this is one bone of contention, but there will be a few more, I think, in, in the weeks to come. Okay, Sean, we're very grateful to you indeed for giving us that account of what's going on in the Special Criminal Court. This is a major case, of course, and uh, Sean is working for his newspaper, the Irish Examiner, which I have to say is in, in many ways the best news reporting paper in the country. That's Sean Murray. We're grateful to Sean. We're grateful to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon and we will come back to this case and watch the developments very carefully. That's all we have time for now. Talk to you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.